guys. It's me, Nate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should edit. We should not edit any of that out. None of it. Ever. <laughs> hey, guys. It's me, Nate. Welcome to the Backlog Breakdown. How's it going, Josh? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great. How's, how's it Are going? Are you doing as good as Skim Beeble? Skim Beeble. I'm doing a lot better than Celebrity Paul Walker. I'll put it that way. Oh, geez. Uh, with I, no context. That is, that is horrible. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so, I just, Google it. Yeah. I, well, Google I just realized and- what I said. And again, without the context, that is very uh, inconsiderate. Sorry. sorry. I mean, we're, we are not always the uh, most... Uh, refined maybe that, is the word i would use yeah mm-hmm. that's mm. true that's did true. you like me doing an impression of my wife doing an impression of me it was fantastic i could tell right off the bat what it was yeah um <laughs> little inside baseball at one point in time I, I was relaying a story to josh about how i was trying to record uh my bite size recently and megan Started making fun of me in a funny voice. And I think, could you hear her when she was coming in and oh, yeah. doing it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. So she, she came in when we started recording uh, our bro hang stuff, and she was she was doing it. So apparently, Josh thinks, he, Josh and Samantha think she's funny, it was, too. It but, was great. It was great. Yeah. She was, yeah, she it was like, doing the voice and everything. Hey, welcome to the Backlog Breakdown. It's great. Yeah, it's we it. we actually did try to get her to do the intro, but she she refused. Mm-hmm. That's true. She was like, "Je refuse, <laughs> j'accuse." Oh boy, buddy, <laughs> uh, it's it's a uh, it's been a night already, guys. It's true, it's been a charged charged couple of months, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't have to get too into it, but like, yeah, this whole thing with the George Floyd. Mm-hmm murder and the riots surrounding that and everything else it's just uh we we live in trying times for sure for sure yeah friend of the show and patron micah shared uh on june 4th so this this show will be out for a couple weeks past that point or whatever but june 4th there was supposed to be a big ps5 reveal Mm -hmm. and everything and and sony actually pushed back there i don't think they've they've announced like when they're going to do their stuff you know their presentation instead but i you know i i have to be honest i'm a little disappointed Mm -hmm. because i'm i'm looking forward to the ps5 and i want to know more and i want to be able to pre-order one you know right away but uh at the same time i i think that was the right call and and it sort of actually makes me really appreciate sony's tact yeah yeah, yeah um, for sure. I was like, oh, that that's kind of, a, that's a classy move, you, you know, and maybe there's some political sort of virtue signaling going on, so maybe. But overall, I just thought like, you know what, like right now, I, I think it's pretty cool that uh, they can just say, hey, there are other conversations that need to be happening right now. Yeah. And we're not, go- we're not going to clog up, you know, the bandwidth with, with our stuff right now. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So uh, well yeah. done, Sony. Well done. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, the overall tone of what they were going to announce, if that makes sense. Because I could also mm-hmm. see, okay, so if it were Nintendo, you know I'm a Nintendo fanboy, right? So if it mm-hmm. were Nintendo, I could see them, like, 
actually leaning into it and being like, look, guys, times are trying, but sometimes we can just go to video games and play a fun game together with friends. You know what I mean? Like you, you could mm-hmm. go that route of just like take your mind off, take a load off and play some Splatoon. But you cannot do that with something like Last of Us 2, right? You know, you can't mm-hmm. say, hey, take your mind off of how terrible the world is and take a look into this dark, gory, this, like... This even darker, more terrible world. Exactly. <laughs> and wish that, and, and be glad that the world isn't as bad as that yet. You know, you know so, <laughs> so I wonder if, like, it's just going to be a lot of, of, like, more mature experiences. You know what I mean? Anyways, I don't know. I don't know. Or yeah. or maybe they're just yeah, maybe it's just not the right time. But no, I totally agree with you. Respect for recognizing when to put it off till later. Like yeah, I, I don't want to read too much into it. Sure, you can be a conspiracy theorist. You can be a conspiracy theorist about anything, but in this case, yeah. No, that I I think I think that's a stand-up move uh to just say, yeah. you know what? We're going to put video games on hold. At least for a week or two, you know, just when it, you know, it's not like they're, it's not indefinite. It's just, well, you know, let's give yeah, it a little and bit I, of time I think to breathe. too, like, there was, there were some comments that I read in different places where it was like, this is one of the reasons I just hate social media is because <laughs> you just have like, I don't know if they were just trolling to sort of be ignorant doofuses or if they were legitimate, like sort of X-Bone uh, fanboys, but mm-hmm. you know, people like, whoa. They're just using this as an excuse to know, you know, things must be pretty bad if they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wow, you're, you're a classy piece of turd. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Aren't that, you just precious? That doesn't make sense because then why would you, because, okay, in the timeline, I mean, they announced it, what, like three or four days ago? Like it was not that yeah. long ago. So announcing it and then pushing it back in such a short frame in such a short time frame that doesn't make sense to me like this does not seem like it was a staged kind of a thing you know what i mean i don't know well and it's just like dude like honestly and like i'm not gonna sit here like you know i i probably if if i fanboy over any of the the big three it's probably sony you know i i don't necessarily look at myself as a fanboy but you know i can definitely see where i might have a little bit of a fanboy bend mm-hmm. but i think like and 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 again this is like i've probably been guilty of sort of some of this stuff and but like when you are so fragile that you have to like take pot shots at the fans of a different video game system to feel superior like okay like it's it's time to like re-examine our life choices yeah <laughs> you know i'm just like i'm like oh bud Oh man, bud. Like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Peter. I'm going to need you to come in on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the memo about the TPS reports? I like it. That yeah, was... I know that was, a, that was a weird sort of like. <laughs> oh, no, I, I get it. That movie was filmed here in Austin. So. Was it? A... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, That's he's true. a. He's a he is an Austinite, yep. isn't he, Mike Judge? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him around, but I, I recognize mm. some of that movie, and some of the spots. Of course, Austin looked very different back when it was filmed. But, anyways, uh, we don't have to go down that road. But Office Space, mm. in case you were interested, it's a funny movie. It's a good time. 
It's it, it has some adult themes yeah. and languages. Yeah, quite a bit. But um, but uh, it is funny. That's true. All right. It so is, uh, outside of the craziness of the world, how have you been the past two weeks? Uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, post office is uh, keeps on ticking along. It's I do tons of Amazon. We're just busy. Yeah. Right now. Like we're, we're still, I mean like the rest of the mail volume is pretty light, but that's actually pretty typical. I mean, there might've been a, because of COVID, there might've been a bit of a stronger drop off on some stuff. Okay. But we didn't get a whole lot of like Memorial day sale crap, but yeah, overall like mails. Is, uh, so that's been good. My dog Yuki tried to kill me the other week oh nice that's always fun not really we were taking them for a walk and she's now she's like 70 pounds 75 pounds maybe. yeah she's a bigger dog and they're they're a breed that is used to pulling a sled and stuff and okay. so when when megan and i walk them i walk yuki because she pulls a lot and she's just like all over the road all the time just like you know and she's always sniffing and crying and carrying on and just being a spaz and it, it can be pretty frustrating frustrating um anyways we were we were coming home like we're on the sort of like the last little stretch like we're like maybe an eighth of a mile from the house like and it was just like a mile long walk so it wasn't like super far or anything but like we were like okay it's time to go home and so we're turning up the one street and she decides she doesn't want to go that way so she yanks me in the other direction and she sort of like caught me like mid step and so she pull, pulled me off balance and when I was like trying to catch my balance, I actually stepped on Nala. Mm. Nala like squealed and yipped a little bit. And so like I'm trying to get off her and then trying to get off her, Yuki gets spooked and she yanks me again. So I step on Nala again. And then at that point in time, I just go, you know, head over tea kettle into the asphalt. I shredded my palm. Like Ugh. I had like probably like it was about the size of a quarter, maybe a little bit bigger of just like no skin on uh, my right hand. Um, it was very painful and just bleeding everywhere. Uh, I had busted open my chin. I had like a little chunk of chin that was, had been busted open and was bleeding everywhere. And so like, I'm mad and I'm yelling and Megan's like, you're scaring the dog. And I'm like, I'm bleeding everywhere. <laughs> like, I don't care that I'm scaring the dog. Like I was like, you know, and, uh. So it was, I mean, like now it's like one of those things like, oh, geez, like just like dumb. Yeah. You know, things are, things have been good. Uh, Megan made, uh, we, we, it's like this chicken bacon ranch pasta Alfredo. Hey, oh. And, uh, oh, that, that stuff is mad tasty. It's also like, it's basically just carbs and meat. And I'm like, yeah, Mm. that's okay. And it's like, (laughs) it's, it's like chicken and bacon, then noodles and cheese sauce. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, it is some some high test uh, mac and cheese, basically. But we also talked you and I before we started recording this. Uh, we talked about how like I'm I'm hitting that point where I'm like I pro- I, I should probably start eating more vegetables. Um, and and it, to to that extent, Megan and I we we borrowed a uh, a, a rototiller and and chewed up a bunch of ground. Uh, in our yard and, and not a t- like it's just it's a little sort of like vegetable patch sort of thing mm-hmm. and uh megan planted a bunch of vegetables 
And I was I was sort of joking to you and remarking on the fact that when she's planning this stuff, she's like, you'll eat some of these. And I'm like, yeah, I'll eat the cucumbers and the uh, the peas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll eat those. Yeah, but she did plant some spinach and some celery, and I, I eat those too. But like, she planted some cabbage and squash, and she's like, you'll eat that. And I was like, oh, and zucchini. And I was like, will mm-hmm. I? Will I? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like zucchini bread, so but that, mm. that I like it. I like it to the point where basically the zucchini is just like pulverized. Okay, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's just like There's, mush. You can't tell at all. That's interesting. You like it mushy? Hmm. Well, I like it mushy in baked goods. Like zucchini bread has like sort of like a very. It's like it's almost like a spice cake, right? Yeah, and I like I like spice cake. Okay, so I'm like I'm like I'll eat that. Is it got zucchini in it? I can't tell. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like so. I'm I'm like I'm eating this like basically dessert you know, baked good, right? And I'm saying it has zucchini in it. It's good for me. Didn't know zucchini was sweet, but okay. It's like, that's cool. It's, it's this is better for me than if I just were to eat like a whole pound cake by myself. Yeah, there's little but, slivers of green stuff in there, right? Yeah, that's 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 zucchini. That's the zucchini right there. <laughs> yeah, we're uh we are doing well. I mean, aside from my dog trying to kill me, uh, apparently, well, by the time this airs, it will, will will have been in the green phase for a little bit. But here, like in the next like few days, like my part of Pennsylvania is supposed to move into the green zone. Okay, nice. Which is like almost normal. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's cool. It's, it, it's exciting. It means I'll be able to get my, I, I, I did let Megan sort of trim up my sides and the mm-hmm. back of my like my hair was just like even now it's like it's still too long on top mm-hmm. but it was getting to the point where i was like just i i would look at myself in the mirror and just be disgusted i'm like i, I have too much hair on my head josh too much oh man what a shame what a crying shame <laughs> i'm sorry don't hate me because i'm beautiful <laughs> no i don't it's How just are you for guys comments doing? like that um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, we're, we're doing, we're doing good. Um, you know, it's kind of funny talking about being back in the green. Um, we had a little bit of a scare at work at the church, um, this weekend. Oh no. So Saturday oh, night no. I get a call. Uh, so, well, first of all, so this past Sunday, well, two weeks ago, my pastor asked me to preach long story yeah. short. Yeah. It got, it got confirmed like the previous Sunday. So. Uh, anyways, I was, I was scheduled to preach for the first time on a Sunday morning, which is pretty crazy. And the day before, so, you know, I'm, I'm head over tech at the church. So I like moved pieces around, got people in place so that, um, we could still, you know, still have a fully running tech team in order to stream the service and all that. Um, even if I wasn't there behind the tech booth. So, uh, Saturday evening, I get a call from the pastor of the spanish speaking service that we have and and he said that he has an issue and so i'm I'm talking with him and his daughter who recently moved out and and got a new job like two weeks ago his daughter had just tested positive for covid19 but she's asymptomatic and so uh, he and his wife were um had like gone to see her like hang out with her the week before 
And so we were kicking around like ideas of like how we would be able to pull off the the Spanish service while still being socially distant. So long story short, um, he ends up just like streaming a devotional from his computer at home because he wasn't going to be up at the church to yeah, to stream yeah. to record or anything like that. So then then it's a matter of like contacting everyone else and figuring out what we're going to do because we do have like an audience like if you want to attend the the service you you can it's primarily for streaming so it's not like the best you know visually or or audible experience in the room it's more like tailored tailored for the stream if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. and so uh we had to like cancel that just because we weren't sure oh yeah so the other part of it is is his daughter is a roommate to someone on staff as well so it's like they might possibly be carrying COVID, mm-hmm. but we didn't know. So, I, and we still don't know at this point. At the time of the recording, we don't know, but we will know by the time this is actually released, and and we'll figure it out. But it was just interesting. It's like, oh, okay, so now this is like it became more real. If that makes sense, I know this is weird. I'm not too afraid of of catching it in general, just because my family and I are young. I think we'll be fine if any if we do happen to get it um you know it's just another another sickness it's it sucks don't get me wrong but like i think we'll be fine overall uh anyways but it it was just weird thinking like oh i might be carrying this and so i'll have to notify like people i come in contact with and you know we limited the amount of people in the room uh to even do the service just because yeah. like you know just in case it's lingering around the office because because uh, now where we're streaming from is like the the bottom floor of the office buildings, and so yeah. Anyways, anyways, it was just a little bit of a scare of like, oh, we don't know. Yeah, we just don't know. But no one's exhibiting symptoms. But then at the same time, isn't it supposed to be like two weeks before you are? So it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if by the time that you know, if I've got a weird cough by the time this is actually released, we'll know why. Uh, <laughs> but. I'm no, I'm sure we'll be fine. So that was interesting. Well, I mean, like, dude, that that was like basically the first month of like mm-hmm. the COVID stuff for me because there there was no real like quarantining. And and yeah. for you, it was very similar. But there was like I was out in the public all the time. So right. I was just like I was like, what if I'm an asymptomatic carrier? I could give this to somebody. And now I'm I'm sort of like making fun of what I think was a very reasonable sort of and cautious approach, but yeah, man, it was a it's spook it it's spooky how I think this thing's just gonna sort of like not go away, Uh yeah, (laughs) for for a while. I agree. It'll just be another another one. I mean, I I totally get it. This this year, it you know, it is a new it's a new thing. We don't have any kind of like confirmed treatment or anything like that. So I understand the initial panic but i do think it's just kind of kind of become the new normal of like flu season and covid season kind of a thing you know we'll just be able to treat it in the future well i i think too it's it's just something that in i know the word un unprecedented but like once you sort of got through all of the hysteria i was like ah yeah this thing's kind of sucky but it's not Nearly as like I mean, there's still probably a ton of people uh, dead from COVID, mm-hmm. but I th- I think the reality is like it, 
you can get used to anything. Yeah. And, and I think like we're just starting to get the, we're like, ah, eh, yeah, we're getting used to it. Like, okay, this is sort of how things go now. Right. Great. Yep. Totally agree. All that craziness. But yeah, man. Um, outside, not that that was even that bad, but outside of that, we've been good. So you want to go ahead and roll into the backlog report, what we've been playing, what we've been reading, what we've been into for the past couple weeks. Sure. All right. Sure, we could do that. We could do that. Okay. Let me go ahead. And, uh, I got my report somewhere around here. Let me just uh, grab this thing here. Welcome to the backlog report. Today we'll be reporting on, once again, Persona 5. And a few other things, <laughs> but we'll see about that. Uh, what, what, what have you been into these past couple of weeks? Good good sir, Mr. McKee. Oh, you want me to go first? I yeah, see. why not? Back and forth. Put me on the spot. Like mm. a, a racquetball or something, I don't know. Well, uh, so as far as what I've been playing, Diablo 3. That's right. That that fantastic Schluter. You're the worst. (laughs) Good day, sir. Uh, I said good day. day. I said good day. Oh, it's that '70s show. Sorry, that was weird. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, been playing uh, Diablo Mm three. I'm I'm like I'm really close to having all the seasonal challenges done. Oh dang. And so I'm kind of like I'm I'm trying to push through before the end of the season just to see if I can actually do a full season uh challenge run. Okay. Nice. But so there's been that. Uh Super Mario Brothers three. I oh, yeah. finally I I did beat that. I actually I think I beat it the day after we recorded. Um Okay. Like I think I turned on my 3ds, and then like 15 minutes later, I I beat it. Nice, nice. <laughs> it was so like one right of there. those things. That Bowser's Castle, I forgot like what a pain that is. Oh yeah, it was it was fu- it was fun. Nice. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that we played that one. Uh, I've been playing some stuff from my drafts, not nearly mm-hmm. as much, but uh, I have I have bemoaned just my lack of getting good at Celeste. Um, in, in the discord, man, like that game is really great. And like, I can see like the hardest part about it is like, I can see exactly what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And then, but like to get myself to do it, you know, it's not that controls are super hard or anything, but it's just like, mm, it is hard. (laughs) I don't know. Like it's, I mean, it's hard in like the best possible way. It's like one of those things like where you can be like, no, this is what I need to do in order to get through this screen. Just to give you an idea where I'm at. I, I just finished the hotel. Oh, and okay. Now I'm being, and now I'm being chased. Yes. Yeah, that part takes took me a while. But that's and, and good. Like, the music's so good and you get to, yeah, mm-hmm. you get in the groove. Oh, it's good stuff. I, I haven't gone into, I haven't turned on assist mode yet, but okay. there have been several times where, like there were a few puzzles in the hotel where I was just like, Oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> enough, enough. Come on. Like, I'm like, this is just dumb. And then I, th- there was like, I did it. There were, there were a couple where it's like, I did it, but, and then I just made like a dumb mistake right at the end. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta um, be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really do. Uh, I've been dipping into Wargroove a little bit. Um, nice. 
That is a very fun game. Uh, it's sort of like a not so self-serious uh, Fire Emblem mm-hmm. sort of game. It's it's very much a, a spiritual successor to the Advance Wars games. Nice. Um, so I like those. Uh, let's see. Oh, I did fire up uh, The Last Guardian a little bit. Didn't get too far into that. Um, and then I haven't played. I had I had fired it up weeks ago. But then that Darksiders uh, Genesis, I, I was playing a little bit of that too. Ah. Um, so uh, like everything that was drafted for me, basically, I've sort of been dabbling with. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm just going to try and beat all of them at some point. I also, it was it was a free game a while back, uh, like for his uh, the 50th anniversary of Pac-Man or whatever, but Pac-Man Championship Edition 2. Yeah. I've been playing some of that and it's real good. Nice. Like. It is Pac-Man evolved. Okay. It's really good. Like stupid good. <laughs> um, I found huh. myself like replaying levels over and over again and chasing scores. And it's just like, it's it's a very interesting game. Hmm. Um, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. And then I was telling you earlier, uh, I've been playing a mobile game uh, besides chess. And uh, I kind of hate yes. myself for it because <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not fundamentally opposed to mobile games. Well, I, okay. So the other thing I, fi- I've been, I fired up uh, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions on my, my Vita. Mm. Uh, long live the Vita. But that got me sort of like looking around and I was just sort of like seeing what else was out there. Cause I'm like, I just really want to play like a good, like, tactical strategy grid-based game and i didn't quite want to fire up fell seal i was like well i'll go back through final fantasy tactics war of the lions so i am playing that as well i'm playing a whole bunch of stuff right now and i'm not playing any of it well um but that's neither here nor there (laughs) um but there's a game called war of the visions final fantasy brave exvius hmm uh it's free on your phone it's got that stupid gotcha mechanic crap where you like randomly draw characters and powers and stuff and mm, the, those things are just made to bilk suckers out of their money suckers mm-hmm. like me <laughs> oh um, no how much have you spent on it no nothing oh, okay but yet 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 yeah but they'll probably they'll probably get me yeah they'll probably get me at some point i'll be like well if i i just spent a little bit of money i can get this 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 big shiny over here they've they've got my number um, but the game, the actual gameplay of that game is really good. And it's basically, uh, and it's published by Square Enix. Uh, it's basically a Final Fantasy Tactics spiritual successor. And it's Man. really pretty and really good. And I'm like, why would you not just put this on Switch and PlayStation? Why Why do you hate me, Square? <laughs> <laughs> All I want is a Final Fantasy Tactics game that isn't Tactics Advance. I just, I want a real one. I want, I want, yeah, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Shut up. You're stupid. Um, uh, anyways, uh, as far as books go, uh, some, a little bit of Old Testament, New Testament, I have sort of been falling behind. I've only been doing it like once a week versus like the two or three times that I want to be hitting it. I did read a little bit of Anna Karenina. Uh, I had the, my, our theology group got kicked back up. So I did read the first, the introduction in the first chapter of the systematic theology by 
uh, Robert Lethem, which is okay. very good. Man, that oof. yeah, that's very good. There were a, there was a really good discussion in theology group about that. But uh, my memorization, I sort of fell off the wagon. Okay, these last couple of weeks. Uh, so I I have to sort of like get back into the groove there. I had I actually a couple like last week I had like three really good days and then I sort of kind of I think and a lot of it just I'm I'm trying not to go too long here but I think a lot of it is I just really do need to save a lot of as much as I can like on the days that I work I it needs to be like one thing like mm-hmm. I'll have my five little like daily tasks but it needs to be like one thing because I come home and there's like that four or five hour window from like the time I get home to the time we go to bed. And it's like, there's not enough time for me to be juggling a bunch of stuff. So it's like, and and make time for Megan and all these other things. So it's like, I need to just say like, during the week on my, the days when I'm working, I need to just say like, this is the one thing that I'm going to like do as far as like just a task. Um, and I think I was just biting off a lot more than I could chew. So I'm going okay. to reevaluate, sort of correct course, and go from there. The and just finally gotten back into some audiobooks, but uh, the Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin. Um, she's a science fiction writer. Hmm. It's it's interesting. The premise is really weird, but basically, <laughs> this dude goes to a planet full of they're basically human descendants, but they're all hermaphrodites. Oh, okay. Um, they're there all like basically functionally they're they're neither male nor female, and they they basically go into heat, and at that point in time they can assume either the male or the female. It's it's weird. Okay, it's it's an interesting book. Ursula K. Le Guin is an interesting storyteller. I don't know if I'd really recommend it. Cause it's just kind of weird. Uh, she's written, she's written other stuff that's better in my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it was interesting. And I got, uh, for my birthday, I got a subscription to the Mars Hill audio journal. It's okay. Christian conversations, like Christian weightier conversations, uh, about the theological import of different things. And so the one that I listened to was on, uh, science and medicine and how some of the weird cultural phenomena surrounding science and certainty and stuff like that. So it's, it's weighty, um, but it's good. So that's what I've been listening to. And that's pretty much all of that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So man. How about you? What's on, what's on ye old backlog report? report? Yeah. Well, not, not too much except that I finally, freaking finished persona five it only took five months out of the i mean i guess i spent a month playing resident evil 2 but still uh only you know a bit over a hundred hours but i finished persona what was five i know i know that your your time you you think that your finished time was a little inflated because Mm -hmm. you said you fell asleep during some of those sessions lots lots of Um, times yes there, 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 hey, dude, you're not alone. There were a few times I fell asleep on the couch out here, and I'm like, I'm going to bed now. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but what, what did your in-game clock say? One seventeen. 
117 is bad. what it totaled at. But I'm, I mean, if I were to estimate, I would say probably 10 of those hours were after I had fallen asleep and then like woke up, you know, half an hour, an hour later. And I'm like in the middle of dialogue because <laughs> that game does does this thing where it goes for long stretches where characters are talking and and it and it wants to show you like, you know, 15 minutes of an anime instead of actually playing anything. Um, yeah, which is fine. Or like, it, well, it, it wants you to play 15 minutes of an anime graphic novel. Yeah. Or interactive novel. Right. Right. Yeah. It won't. Yeah. It won't actually advance. You have to advance it. But like my, you know, I'm sitting on the couch, my eyes get heavy and I start pushing the button. I open my eyes and I keep reading, my eyes get heavy. And then it's, you know, 30 minutes later and I'm just like, oh, you you have taken five, five minute naps. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, something. So it's, it's nothing against the game that just happened a lot because I can really only play that game after my kids go to bed. Because um, now they started yeah. waking up early, and so I don't get any game time in the morning, and it's just not really... I have played it in front of my kids a few times. It's just not really a kid-friendly game for a number of different reasons. So, But anyways, I did finish that up. Um, we had talked about it in the Discord, but I did get the true ending, so that was cool. I mean, I just made choices. I didn't even know that there were other endings, um, but I did go for the true ending, and Oh boy, this game goes off the rails at the end in 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 the best way. Like, don't get me wrong, it is yeah. it is crazy good. My favorite part of the game were the last like twenty hours or so when it all kind of comes together. You know how I had mentioned before in a previous episode, and I'll end it with this: that um, you know, the first like sixty hours or so, I didn't really know what was going on in terms of the story. Like, it felt yeah. like it was building. It continues to build. Uh, the, the four fifths of the game is building. Eighty percent of this game is building, but then mm-hmm. that last twenty percent, everything kind of flips on its head, and you understand so much more. And then you actually see how things were like threaded together. And uh, wow, wow! I I can see how, I can see why people say that this is like the perfect JRPG. I don't agree with them, uh, but it is really good. It really sort of like piques my curiosity when it comes to Persona 5 Royal because I'm like Persona 5 was a really pretty excellent game Mm -hmm. in many, many ways. And so if they could find a way like, like I just felt like there was like a lot of dead space. Yeah. Like there there was just like a lot of dead time where you just like, you were just sort of waiting for the next thing to happen. Mm -hmm. So if you could find a way to sort of fill that time with a little more interactivity and and apparently that's what royal does and i'm like yeah that's that's way i don't know like and and we'll talk like i'm definitely looking forward to the the longer form episode that we're going to do and sort of yeah diving into that but i mean and you and i sort of talked off recording you know pre-show whatever uh not in the bro hang but between about just like they were just the the way that that game ended. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I told you, I was like, it kind of left me going like, huh, uh, not, not sure I like fan. that. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Pretty much like, not sure I'm a fan. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. 
it's i mean it is a really phenomenal piece of work and, and definitely but it's yeah yeah it 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 goes crazy uh my initial thoughts i would say actually to maybe trim the fat on some of the dungeons because in this game there's seven main dungeons with another if you go for the true ending and each one of them i'd say are a good 4 hours you know 4 or 5 hours maybe depending so that's yeah i mean you're you're dumping uh, like even if you just blast through a dungeon you're probably dumping the better part of two hours two and a half hours right right if if they could all be that long then i think that would help it it's it's difficult man because because now that i know how everything is tied together it's hard to start cutting stuff it's just so the dynamic that it has is so weird that like you have to be, I mean, in my case, 80 hours into the game, but I'd say for a normal player, 40 to 60 at least, before there are kind of these big reveals on what's what's going on, and, yep. and in my estimation, the best parts of the game. So it, yeah, it's 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 weird, it's interesting, but it is very well made, and and the fact that it all kind of comes together at the end shows why a lot of the decisions were made for the game so uh yeah Yeah. i I thought it was i thought it was a great experience i did like i did really like kind of the bonkers off the wall stuff that happened at the end the ending didn't hit me quite as hard as it did but after talking with you yeah i i i'm starting to uh feel similarly to how you did but we'll get to that when we have our episodes on persona 5 and we actually go into all those crazy spoilers because Turns out there's a lot to spoil about this game. And actually, you know, saying that, I'm really glad that I didn't have anything spoiled. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Because, you know, obviously I got into the game pretty late. And it's been out for, what, two, three years at this point? So, uh, or four maybe. I don't know. Regardless, um, Animal Crossing, not much has happened except that I totally cheat the system in order to uh, make lots and lots of money in the stock market um, because Twitter helps out a lot. So... That's fun. I'm, I'm, but is is it really cheating, or are you just you know utilizing the free market? Well, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. I'm finding finding the best places to sell my wares, and then I just go sell the the heck out of them. So yeah, <laughs> making lots I, of money, not playing much. I don't think that really that that should be counted as cheating. I think that's just using the tools given to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Twitter Twitter is a great tool. Or if if for anyone who's playing Animal Crossing and you don't already know about this, uh Turnip Exchange is a website where like you can find other people who've opened up their uh their islands uh primarily for the for the sake of selling turnips at a high cost. And it's pretty awesome. I made 1.5 million bells last week from the stock market, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I've barely played it since because I actually picked up another game. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Isaac who sold it to me at a good price. Uh, I picked up Pokemon Sword and that is because mm. my kids have gotten way into the Pokemon anime on Netflix. Have they, have they caught the Poke Fever? Have they got a fever that only Pokemon will only, cure? The, you know, I would say for the most I got a part, fever. <laughs> um, they're they're definitely they're they're young enough to where it's like 
Yeah, they just really like watching the show. It's not so much like I need to see it all and catch it all. But the ones that I do see, I really like. So Pikachu and Charmander and Butterfree and Caterpie and stuff like that. Um, because it's the first season of the show on Netflix. Wheezing. Yes, yes. Coughing and wheezing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Arbok and Ekans and Meowth and all that fun stuff. So uh, that's a lot of fun. But we did pick up Pokemon Sword and they really like watching me play it. Actually, I don't think I've actually played it by myself without my kids. Because it's kind of sort of like not a back burner game, but it's definitely one that I want to enjoy with them and not necessarily just for the, for my own sake. So like we haven't, we're on our way to the first gym leader right now. So we're pretty early on in the game. Um, but it's, it's pretty cool. I, I dig it. Um, it's great. I had no idea how much the Pokedex had ballooned since I'd played last, which I mean, I played Pokemon X, so it wasn't too far ago, but, uh, 900 Pokemon, man. Um, they're not all in this game. Only 400 are, but man, that's a lot of stinking Pokemon. So that's, that's a lot of Pokemons to catch. Yeah. Yeah. But you a gotta, lot. you know what they say, you gotta catch them all. So is that, is that like Pringles? Once you pop, you can't stop. Well, sort of. I mean, I'd go the other way with it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I caught a ton of Pokemon. Oh, it's 25. I still have. 875 more to go <laughs> so but anyways no it's it's a good time i'm really i'm having a good time with it um even it, if it is just kind of in the background while i focused on persona 5 i actually i finished persona 5 like three days ago and i haven't touched any video games since just to kind of not cleanse the palate but you know just i i haven't wanted to to do another like opening couple hours of a video game just yet but I am looking forward to the Backlog Draft games. So we did this draft in the, the Backlog Book Club, and I've got three games drafted. I've got Dragon Quest V, which might mm. have to wait a little bit just because I got off Persona 5. I've got Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, that, do whatever spider can. That's the one I really want to jump into just because it's so different than, than a JRPG. Um, it's so good dude that's so so good i've heard nothing but good things so i'm looking forward to it um and then also ease eight on switch um which i'm i'm excited about it's an action rpg i am stoked to start that but i think it's another like 40 hour game so i'm just like man these games nowadays i'm getting too old for this stuff it's a lot of fun. So that's what I'll be playing next um, in terms of reading, which is kind of funny. We talked a little bit about manliness in our bro hang and uh, mm. how the good, the bad, and the ugly of that. I've actually been listening. I just finished today listening to a book, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, an utterly invigorating guide to being your most masculine self. Uh, I had seen it recommended by someone else, and I was just like, hey, I'll just check it out. It's, it sounds like fun. Turns out it is written by a Christian, and so there's a lot of, there's a good chunk of scripture in here and talking about different aspects of manliness and being a man. And I've actually really enjoyed it. It it does kind of like take half the stories from the Bible and half of them just from, just like biographies and stuff like that. And it's a nice little encouragement for me to just like get up be a man go do stuff 
don't settle kind of a thing, which has been really nice. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, don't agree 100% with everything that I've read, but it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, that's all that I can think of. I haven't really been watching anything. It's just been the persona, lots of Persona 5, but now it's done. It's over. I can close that book for now. Yeah, you know what? When I beat Persona 5, I think I took like a few days before I was like, uh, I'm not really ready to touch anything for a while. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just need to sort of like, it's okay for me to just turn this thing off and walk away for a bit. Yeah, walk well, away. and it's funny because there's another part of me that's like, it just like subconsciously like, okay, when I'm done with this, I can play Persona 5. And I'm like, wait. No, I finished that game. Like it's not it's just become so much of a routine over the past like for all of 2020 for me. That's been <laughs> the game I've been focusing on or at least one of them. And so it's kind of crazy like, oh, now it's over. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't have yeah. to finish it anymore. It's done. So, it's been fun. I wonder if that's like sort of like almost like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> There might be a little bit of that in there, but uh, no, it was, it was a really good game, so I dig yeah. it. Well, um, today, for the rest of our episode, we're not really going to be discussing games, as I'm sure you saw from the title of the episode. Uh, We went ahead and did an Ask Me Anything. If you weren't able to enter our contest, well, too bad. You should have been following us on social media uh, somewhere, on Facebook or on Twitter. I mean, let's be honest. Like, these days, people are just glued to their phone, Yeah. period. So what? What's? So, why didn't you? Why didn't you ask this question? Why didn't you yep. make that cold hard digital cash? Huh? You could have. Um, you could have retweeted us. You could have reposted. You could have shared the post, and you could have asked us questions. But you didn't. Well, I mean, some of you did, but the vast majority of you did not. No, but did we not. did get a good amount of questions because yeah, one of the yeah, stipulations yeah, yeah. is you could ask multiple questions for multiple entries. And since we did have a few astute listeners who asked some some good questions, like I'm surprised at the caliber of these questions. I thought we would get a lot more joke questions personally, or or just like especially given given you know I, I'm thinking of one individual in particular. Uh, uh, um, I'm surprised we did not get more joke questions. Yeah, I guess they really wanted that money. Makes sense. You gotta gotta bring home the bacon somehow. The that sweet that is... sweet video game bacon. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I don't. I don't recommend you eat that bacon. No, Same. probably not. You only get eight bits out of it. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. That was really dumb. <laughs> do you, so, do you want to start with the the Twitter stuff, or should we start with the Facebook? How about How about this? Okay. This this is. Kind of crazy. This is going out on a limb here. How about we ask the first question, each person's first question. So instead of doing it by person and doing like three questions at a time, 
at a chunk oh. per person. We just we go back and forth and like first question out of multiple people. Okay. So let's change it okay. up. All right. So the techno funk boy asks, is it more fun recording like normal or recording in Kakariko Village? All I'm gonna say is like, I mean, for me personally, uh, dude, uh, that 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 Super Nintendo or Nintendo or whatever mm-hmm. you, you've got going on there, it's a little cramped. Yeah, I'm saying true. like, the, I got this quarantine nineteen going on. I know some people are like, I got quarantine fifteen. I'm like, you got to pump those. Those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> get get on my level, fool. Come on, come on, son. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to have to go... Well, okay, so the question is, which is more fun? Um, I do really enjoy doing this podcast. I have a lot of fun talking here. But there's something about guesting on a podcast that I mm. love just derailing conversations and being able to to not worry about where the conversation is going at all and not think about anything, just interject stupid stuff all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Hey, Kai. Yeah, you know, now that Paul's saying that, Kai, we need to come on to uh, the zoo. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. you know, have just a, have a son to the zoo. Have a good time. I mean, we, we won't, we won't like totally derail you because no. it's so, have a son to the zoo because it's so much more fun than recording like normal. It's so much more fun recording in Kakariko Village. Come on. Boom. Give me, that's my answer. Do it. <laughs> do it. All right. So Henshin Dad asks, what are some theological issues you two disagree about other than baptism? Oh. Mm. Ooh, right off the bat, man. He just come coming heavy. He's like Batman. He's like, he's like Um, well, I think probably I mean the, the other one that comes the two Presbyterian distinctives are mm-hmm. pedobaptism and, and polity. Yep. And and church church government. So we would probably disagree on church government. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I wholeheartedly support the Presbyterian model, mm-hmm. and Josh probably does not. It's true. So you're not really libertarian, but that's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ooh, ooh. Wow. Wow, guy. Wow. No, I, I, I mean, I mean, there, there are probably some people who are way more libertarian, uh, like in, it, whose libertarian inclinations are far stronger than my own. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, well, let's just sort of run down through all the the hot buns. Are you're a cessationist? Yeah. Um. So am I. Uh. Are you young Earth or old Earth or don't care? Uh. No. I. 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 I'd run more stronger young Earth. I mean, I don't. I don't care if you disagree. Um. But for me, I'm pretty convinced on young Earth. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a I I fall probably more into the young Earth camp, but I also think the more important narrative there, like the older stuff where they want to talk about how like God guided evolution and all that. Yeah, I'm like, no, like let's throw that out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just sort of fall into a spot where it's like I don't know. I I what I do know is that God said He made it. He said that He did it in six days and then rested on the seventh. Mm-hmm. Um. But that there are there's a lot of like loosey goosey in there too that isn't really super tight, like you know. And I think you and I have talked about that talked about this before too. But like we don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden for. Uh, we don't. There's a lot of unknowns that we just have no idea. Like 
you know, maybe, maybe what, you know, what if time really didn't work the same way until after the fall? I, I, I don't, you know, there's, there's so much like, there's so much weird stuff in there that like to dismiss like some of the age of the earth stuff. I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't, you know, some of the, the carbon, te- yeah, I, that's just me where it's like, I'm not going to like beat somebody up over it or go to war over it. But I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like, eh. I, you know, I do sort of te- lean more towards the young earth camp. Yeah. I just, I also, for me, it's not necessarily an issue worth dividing over. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I'd say I'm more convinced of young earth. I yeah. just like, I, I'm not going to break fellowship over it. You know, like I can have a conversation about it with someone who's old earth. Like it's, it's not going to, it's no skin off my back. If you disagree, I can talk to you why, but it's not like, it's not the be all end all. I think, I think it does have implications and that's, I say that's why I'm convinced on it is because of the implications of other things like yeah. um like you were talking about God guiding evolution. So okay, then where did death come from? I think that's a huge issue you have to wrestle with. Is that if death came with the fall, then how do you you know, how could there be any kind of death before that? Um I, I yeah, and I think the other issue has to do with like you're talking about with how long Adam and Eve were in the garden. Um, then you're kind of extrapolating like how long, cause they, they couldn't eat from the, the tree in the middle of the garden. Right. Or right. Was it the one in the middle? I can't remember the one, uh, the one that would have given them eternal life. Like they couldn't have eaten from that one. But death, but death didn't enter into the world before. The yeah. Fall. Yeah. That's true. And and I'm just I'm just saying like it's it's one of those things where there there are a lot of there are too many unknowns for me to sort of sit def- and definitively sort of plant my flag and be like no the earth is only 10,000 years old. Yeah. And yeah. It's like I'm like I have no idea. It might be 10,000 on the dot on on the dot. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. It might be billions of years old for all I know. Like, that's the other <laughs> thing. Like, this is just something that I come back to from time to time. Like, we believe that when God made Adam, he probably made him an adult, fully mature male. Mm-hmm. Who's to say he didn't do that with the rest of creation? Right. Like, says like, well, this is how I want it to be. Boop. Done. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the other thing. And this is one of the reasons I really shy away from it. A lot of the the evidential apologetic stuff that sort of comes out of that comes along with some some of the guys within the young earth camp is frankly abysmal okay <laughs> um like it's just it's bad it's you one I'm not an evidentialist mm-hmm. period, but it's just it's bad argumentation that relies on very specific interpretation of data that frankly can't be you know confirmed or denied mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying like they're, they're saying that this is the time frame because of x y and z and i'm like yeah dude eh, okay so you know i had one more sort of hot button theological issue that i thought okay. might be interesting yep. and i think we probably even agree here too Uh-oh. but uh pre-mill a mill post mill I, I'm Amil. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I am too. Oh, okay. Uh, 
I think it's the the strongest argument, and I think it's just one of those things where uh, there are some pre mill that I respect and admire. Oh and yeah, just, for sure. And, and post and post mill, and like I, there's there's validity in those interpretations and those positions. I just don't find them to be as, nearly as persuasive. Yep. I agree. And I, I haven't like extensively studied, honestly. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a church that was, that was much more uh, dispensationalist. Um, so that was kind of like the assumed way of reading things. So then when I started like looking into other views, it was like, oh, these make so much more sense. Um, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really taught like the pre-millennial view. I am now learning that because I go to Moody and that's the official position of Moody. Um, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, there are actually some stronger arguments than I thought. Um, I'm still convinced of covenant theology, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised. Like, okay, there is some actual intellectual rigor that has gone into some uh, premillennial stuff. Like, yeah. to me, that's yeah. always just kind of been the default. And then once you start looking into it, oh, well, you'll, you know, you'll figure out like, all oh, that's just kind of crazy, you know, blood moon stuff. <laughs> um, but well, that's not the dispensationals, the, the, the dispy, the pre-mill, the pre-mill dispies, mm-hmm. it, like, was it John Hagee or Hagee or... Hagee, yeah, Hagee, yeah, Hagee, Hagee. Mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever, like you're just a freaking loon. That's like a Jack Van yeah. Impey sort of thing, where it's like, yeah, you're just you're you're reading it way too much, your chief. Okay, mm-hmm. like move on. Like I said, there's there's too many unknowns for me to make a definitive statement. It's just like I've looked at some of the arguments, and I'm like, well, this these are the ones that I find the most compelling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I will say probably some, I say disagreement is just such a strong word. Um, but we, I'd say we don't agree a hundred percent on, uh, Sabbatarianism and you've talked about that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not really a disagreement there though. Exactly. And I think like even the way, even the way that I like, even the way that I sort of couch that or embrace that. Is that I? I mean, do I believe that the way that I'm seeking to observe the Sabbath or the Lord's Day is good? Yes, but I also think like people need to like. I think in a lot of ways, there's frameworks laid out for us in Sabbath observance that are mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah, and that those frameworks are pretty flexible in a lot of ways, and to get too rigid with. Not to say that there isn't some level of like inflexibility or firmness there, mm-hmm. but I think when you get too rigid, you just you just sort of verge into legalism. You just sort of like actually, you just sort of like stomp right into legalism. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's, uh, well, that's, mm. I think it's it, it's the far better option to just encourage people to ask those questions and think through the think through the issue. But yeah, that's probably an area where uh, we don't quite match up. Yeah, that's okay. fine. So. I think that's an. I mean, I I can't think of any other areas immediately that come to mind. But was that three? Well, I don't know. I can't count. Oh, you know what? I bet we probably disagree uh-huh. on sacra- sacrament observance, the Lord's Supper. Okay. In terms uh, of the Presbyterian position, is real presence. Oh, it's, okay, okay, yeah. It's not mere. It's not mere remembrance. Yeah. Okay. That's that's probably something that we don't we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I honestly haven't studied that enough to know all of the different 
positions on that. That's such a, I need to, I need to figure that out. <laughs> that sounds so weird. All right. Um, up next from Micah, he asks, would you rather from software make a Silent Hill game or Team Cherry, who made Hollow Knight, make a 2D Zelda game? Oh my goodness. <sighs> okay. Okay. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to talk this one out a little bit. I, I, I'd play either one of those. Definitely. Definitely. If From Software made a Silent Hill game, one, that would make Silent Hill so much better um, because then you'd actually have good gameplay. <laughs> um, but, but Silent Hill games... But do games... you think... Do, here, let me ask you a question, though. Mm-hmm. Do you think From Software could make a Silent Hill game? Because the, the, the tension from playing Silent Hill 2 wasn't in the combat. It was... In just it was an environmental. It was like it was more of a, which from software can do, yeah, environmental stuff. Yeah, but I'm just I'm like at the same time they do that really sort of like hardcore action RPG sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of like, could they make a game that isn't as combat heavy? Would it stand up? That's that's sort of the question for me. Whereas Team Cherry, uh could definitely make a 2D Zelda game. Yeah. Like I like like especially if it was just basically a love letter to Legend of Zelda 2. Like yep. That's And a, it would rock socks. Yeah. That that's a really good point cuz yeah, I would say uh uh Hollow Knight is much closer to Zelda 2 than mm-hmm. anything that comes to mind that From Software has done is to a Silent Hill game. I know they released a VR game that's like a, a walking simulator type game. Um, uh, Deserine or something like that? Deracine or Deracine, whatever, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, sort. I think it's loosely attached to uh, Bloodborne. There's a reference to Bloodborne in it. I know, mm-hmm. but I don't know what, it, there was some doll. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the doll that you saved. The doll. Yeah. Yeah, is yeah. in that game, but I think uh, what's his name Miyazaki, like came out. It's I think it's Miyazaki, right? Is that his name? I don't know. the The creator of the the uh, Dark Souls games, he came out and said, like, no, that was just an Easter egg. This doesn't actually happen in the same universe. That's okay, my, that's my understanding. Um, because people were reading into it because of the way that like the Dark Souls stories are told and. Bloodborne is told it's very much environmental. So the fact that he put this environmental thing in there, he had to come out and say, okay, okay, no guys, don't read into this kind of thing. Could be wrong, but that was my understanding. Um, but no, that that is a that's a really good point. Um, I do think Team Cherry making a 2D Zelda game, man oh man, that could be hey, really cool. He Hide Taka Miyazaki. Okay. Yes, I was right. It is Miyazaki. Sweet. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I would love to play either one because I think they could, they could, they could do something there. The only thing is that with Silent Hill, your uh, your helplessness is a big yep. factor in that game, where that's not usually. I mean, there's there's an element of that in some of the 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 Soulsborne type games 
but it's not it's not very heavy like you can work at it and get better yeah i i just don't like i think like if you sort of like put a gun to my head and said i have to pick i'd say like well i mean i'd like to see what they would do with it i think it'd be interesting but i think team cherry making a 2d zelda game especially if it's sort of in the vein of legend zelda 2 i would it would it would rock socks it would be the bomb.com i i completely agree the last point that i have to say though is that man i would love to hear that story of from software making a silent hill game like like the the uh, the strengths mm. of of these series are so different it's hard to compare cuz like the thing that left me that still makes me like <laughs> silent hill 2 even though i didn't enjoy playing it um was the story and the that way is, that is the the more we come back to it i think that's the best like i i like that game i hated playing it <laughs> isn't that so crazy uh, it's so weird. And and I feel like From Software could do a really crazy Silent Hill story. And so man, I want that. Like give me some of that. But I would enjoy playing a Team Cherry 2D Zelda game probably much more. Probably. Who knows? From Software might be able to actually fix that, you know, and make it really good. So, oh uh, my goodness. Both of these sound so good. Micah these are these are too good. These are too good. Um, but That's a pretty good one with both of us weighing in. It sounds like we're tipping it to to Team Cherry and their two D Zelda game. So uh, next up on the list from Twitter from Trash Turkey, what is your favorite hymn and why? Hmm. Do you want to go first? I'm going to be super boring. Want- um, I I don't know a ton of hymns. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to be boring here. It's one that we sing all the stinking time. I mean, we usually sing it to our kids before they go down for bed. Um, but the doxology, what I love mm. about the doxology is it is so simple, but I think that's its strength is um, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I love how it just like says exactly what it just praise the Lord. Like that's what we're here to do in this moment as we're singing. Our singing is just a vehicle so that we can praise the Lord. And I love just the simplicity of that it's not about, I'm I'm not going to get on a high horse and talk about, you know, like modern worship songs or whatever. Um, But it's not about how we feel it's not it's not even about what god has done for us it's just about look god deserves praise and we're going to praise him right now so doxology that's a pretty good one that's actually probably one of my favorites too i yeah i, f- I find myself humming that or singing that uh, when we do family worship or you know mm-hmm. we often just sing the doxology because in a way it is simple but it is clear mhm it's very good uh i have i mean like you know there's there's a ton of really great hymns out there but it's one that i have only sung a handful of times um and the only reason that i know the song is because 
an arrangement of it showed up on one of those old Mars Hill music samplers. Yeah. Back uh, back in the day. And it's uh, the hymn is called We Have Not Known Thee As We Ought. Okay. And um, it was it was on, I think it was on the Rain City Hymnal CD. Um, and it had, it was like, I can't remember which, which one of the bands played it, but it had a, a female lead vocal on it. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty, I'm just going to read like the first verse, but it is, we have not known thee as we ought, nor learned thy wisdom, grace, and power. The things of earth have filled our thought and trifles of the passing hour. Lord, give us light thy truth to see and make us wise in knowing thee. We have not feared thee as we ought, nor bowed beneath thine awesome eye, nor guarded deed and word and thought, remembering that God was nigh. Lord, give us faith to know thee near and grant the grace of holy fear. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty baller hymn. Yeah. In my opinion. It's pretty sick. I, I, I like it. Uh, that arrangement, like I said, from the, the Mars Hill Rain City Hymnal Collection. It just like, it was one of those things that when I used to listen to that CD all the time, I just, I mean, I would listen to that one track over and over and over again. And it just sort of like, uh, it's, it's really good. That's, so that's my favorite hymn. We have not known the as we ought. Nice. I like that. I'll need to check that one out. That sounds pretty stinking cool. Uh, all right. Up next from Jesse Knopp, he asks, Porters versus stouts. Which do you prefer and why? Stouts because porters are just heavy ales or heavy loggers trying to be stouts. <laughs> well, yeah, similar reasoning. I agree. I would go stouts over porters. And I've had some great porters, don't get me wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the, the Black Butte porter is a fantastic porter. Um, who is that from? I can't think off the top of my head. I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, but stouts because like I feel like with a stout you can do so much more with it. It's kind of like do you go for a pale ale or an IPA? Well, no, you you go for an IPA because a pale ale is just a weaker form of an IPA. So you know, unless unless you just want to chill, you know, you you just I mean you go for the bigger one. Yeah. I'm gonna drink like I don't drink a ton of beer anymore. <laughs> period. But uh, you're lost. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna drink either one. Yeah. Like you, you know. But if you're like, hey, pick one. I'm like, eh. If if it's like you know, you you line up a bunch of really great porters and you put them beside a bunch of really great stouts. I'm probably just gonna go pick through the stouts. Yeah. You know, Founders uh, Breakfast Stout is phenomenal. Oh uh, yes, it is. Uh, what is it? Is it Left Hand Brewing's uh, Milk Stout mm. Nitro Milk Stout? Mm-hmm. is real good mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. stouts can like they, there's just a variety in flavor profiles in stouts that i think uh porters just tend to be sort of and i i don't know maybe it's i just don't have a refined palate i don't appreciate the nuance and the subtlety of the porter <laughs> um, right i don't know i i like stouts i like porters too i mean like when i drink beer i'll i'll drink pretty much anything but a lager or a pilsner mm-hmm. so I feel you there. I mean, I, I'll I'll drink those too, but uh, yeah, mm. I might not enjoy it, but I'll drink it. <laughs> I'm just, it's like Wait. Silent Hill too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Black Butte Porter, by the way, is from Deschutes Brewery. I would highly oh. recommend that one. It it is a butte. Ha, but um, 
Okay, next question comes from Jacob Van Olst. He asks, what is Nate like about Spec Ops The Line? And Grease, Gree, I don't know how to pronounce that. Why don't we treat those as two different questions? Sweet. So Spec Ops The Line first. Spec Ops The Line. Um, Okay. So Spec Ops The Line does a couple things I think are really noteworthy. One, it tells a really engaging story. Um, and it uses the tropes in video games to actually subvert the player, like okay. and, and the player's expectations. Uh, without going too much into detail, that game basically sort of okay. Uh, Bioshock does that whole moment with like the "Would you kindly" moment that everybody knows about or doesn't know about if you haven't played it and have. Have not had that spoiled for you. There's a moment called the "Would you kindly" moment, mm. and it's very profound. And it's sort of like, almost like, sort of like, puts a bit of a thumb in the eye, and just makes you think about the way you play video games and the way you engage video games. Spec Ops does that, okay, a lot, a lot. There are these moments in the game, and then when you finally get to the ending, and you're sort of like playing through it, and there's sort of all these reveals and stuff that sort of like get pulled out and you get, it's just one of those games that um, I have a word that I cannot repeat in polite company, <laughs> but it it is basically, it melts your brain. Wow. I can't believe they did that to me, but it's, it's just, it's, it is a fantastically written game. And just as far as like the way that it's sort of, subverts the player's expectations yeah it's pretty stinking phenomenal uh i uh, and there's just these moments in the game that it has such a weight that i i honestly it's it's hard to play like technically it's it's kind of hard to play um Mm -hmm. it's it's a shooter and the shooting is fine but the shooting you just sort of like get through the i think the shooting's fine um, it's a game that I definitely wouldn't mind seeing like a remaster remake uh, of that just to like clean up the controls, tighten them up a little bit, maybe make the, the gameplay elements a little more enjoyable. Okay. Which, which I think would actually make it even more of a brain melter. Yeah. That's just me though. I dig it. It's good. I dig it. That's, it's good stuff. It's, it's on my list. I need to play it. Uh, well, both of those games actually, but Bioshock will be remedied later this year so that'll be mm-hmm. pretty cool uh next up going back on the list uh techno funk boy asks how is doing the podcast affected the way you play games i think uh, and for me like I, you know i i can only speak to my my own experience here i think the one thing that i have noticed is that uh especially if we're doing like a series on something my playtime becomes much more focused mm-hmm. It, it actually, since we've started doing the podcast, it actually helps me for the most part be a lot more focused on games mm-hmm. uh, and just like what I'm playing instead of just sort of that that sort of analysis or paralysis of analysis where I'm like, I have too much. I don't know what I want to play. A lot of times I'm like, no, I've got like these five or six things. I can sort of pick one and just sort of chew through it. And uh, it's it's sort of helped create a bit of a bit more focus when it comes to that, which is, is good in my opinion. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. I promise I was going to say this 
before you had you had mentioned it, uh, so I'm not just stealing what you're going to say. But it does. It has like pushed me to finish the games that I start, which is a little ironic because mm-hmm. I I do have a, a number of games, a handful of games I think on GG that I have not started, or excuse me, that I have not finished that I have started. Um, but things like the backlog draft and the different months that we do with the backlog busters have really helped to to yeah take away uh, that decision for mm-hmm. me and just be like, this sounds like fun. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Five months of Persona 5, why not? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go! <laughs> uh, Henshin Dad asks, if you, if you two were to co-develop a video game, what kind of game would you make? Genre, setting, art style, etc. I, I think genre is a pretty easy... We'd probably make some sort of JRPG. Yep. Totally. Thing. I agree. Uh, b- b- <laughs> yeah, it'd be some sort of JRPG. I, th- I think we both, like, if the pixel art was done well, mm-hmm. I think we'd both be down for, like, really, really gorgeous pixel art. Yeah. 16-bit um, looking. Kind of, yeah, kind of but like that... The, Neo 16-bit. Sort of how, yeah, the, how uh, Shovel Knight did 8-bit, but not really 8-bit. It would be, like, 16-bit, but not really 16-bit. It would, it would be Have you seen the, the Shovel Knight fighting game thing that came out? No, I probably should download it, but... Uh, Dude, ch- I mean, just check out, like, the trip. Like, it looks amazing. Nice. It looks beautiful. And okay. I'm like, like, something like that, I'd be like, I think that might be in that pseudo, like, like a pseudo 16-bit sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think, like, the really high-end pixel art is just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> Like nice. I, I really liked uh, the River City Girls vibe. Yeah, yeah, that was that's like some really good sprite sure. work. I that's I mean it's a very different vibe, but mm-hmm. um, setting I don't know, man. Um, so I've I've got uh, I I had written down some ideas for a video game a few years back um, that never materialized because it's just not something I want to pour some time into. Um, but, uh, I had this idea for a game. It's basically set in not post-apocalyptic, but kind of dystopian future, um, where you're basically like fighting with different factions who are seeking to overthrow, uh, a corrupt government. And depending on the factions, like you decide to either join with different factions who have different political ideologies on how you ought to, uh, how you ought to, ought to govern, how you ought to overthrow the current government and, and govern people. Um, and you could either like team up with other people. So you could have people of differing ideologies either join your party or you join their movement and take on their people. And uh, basically uh, the twist is at the end that there's like this, basically there's time travel involved as well. So you have to kind of go back and try and out. You have to all fight Lavos. It, yes, exactly. Lava. It's an alien at the end. It's an evil alien monster at the end. Where you'd, uh, but no. Y- y- so you can continue continually replay the game and see how each of the different factions play out uh, hmm. politically. That, that that was an idea that I had, and so I like that setting, even if it is a that little would... worn nowadays. But that that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I. I think the setting, yeah, I, I don't have strong feelings about any setting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, as long as like it, 
it would just have to be the story. The story would have to just be a real banger. Yeah. Yeah. Airtight for sure. Sweet. Um, mm. Well, Micah asks, who would win in a boxing match, Josh or Nate? Probably me, but that's because we'd, we'd swing at each other for a minute and I'd fall on Josh and suffocate <laughs> him. Well, no, I was just going to say you are, uh, you're a bigger guy, and so that would be pretty intimidating doing a boxing. You know, the, the boxing matches are pretty regulated in terms of just like how big each of the, the boxers are, right? So I don't know. It would be. Yeah, we I'm might a, be I'm two a short totally guy, different guys. I'm, we'd, I'm we'd probably be dude. two totally different weight classes. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so Michael, what I'd kind of shenanigans? It's not even a regulation match. Jeepers. <laughs> Come yeah. on now. I, I mean, but it would, like I said, if, if we were forced to fight at gunpoint, huh, uh, it would probably, I'd, I'd get, I'd, I'd, well, I'm just saying like if they, they made us put on gloves and get in the ring and said, yeah. if you guys don't swing at each other, you know, we're going to shoot, shoot you in the buttocks. Mm. Um, in the buttocks. In the buttocks. <laughs> I may not be a smart man, Jenny, but I know what love is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you'd win. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I, I'd, I'd feel really bad about doing it, and then I'd probably just cry a lot later. It just happened. <laughs> we can just talk <laughs> about video games afterwards. Uh, okay, so I'd, oh. I'd, I'd curse Micah for putting <laughs> us in this situation. Dare you, Micah? <laughs> You underestimated. Oh, I just said this. You underestimated how little I care about my buttocks. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, Trash Turkey asks favorite redemptive story from a video game. Uh, I should have thought about this one a little bit. Redemptive hmm. story. Oh man. I can think of an anti-redemptive story, but I'm not going to spoil it. Um, hmm. Sniff snap. Redemption This one's, uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm sure that there are some that I've played, um, that my brain is just like, I'm not gonna tell you. Um, can I, can I cop out and say Final Fantasy VI? <laughs> it's redemptive because the world gets trashed and then you're basically at the end of the game. It's like, okay, let's try and rebuild. <laughs> then again, I guess that's what Breath... Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Because you never finished. Did you? Yeah, you, you can, did finish Breath of the Wild, didn't you? No, that was my sister. Sorry. No, I have. Yeah, I have not finished that yet. I'm just, I'm looking through some of my games here on the GG app and I'm saying, like, what have I played that would have sort of that character arc? Uh, Luigi's Mansion. What? <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, I just threw that out there just to, uh, Get some sort of reaction. Man. Uh, I mean, there are like some like, I would say like Magus's storyline in our story arc in Chrono Trigger mm -hmm. is pretty good. Like a game built around that sort of arc. You know what? The Last of Us, dude. Okay. Freaking Joel and Ellie. And, and maybe this isn't like a redemption story in in the truest sense of the word, but like that last chapter of the last of us where he has a chance to sort of like, you know, have you played the last of us? Nope. 
Okay. The last chapter, <laughs> basically, like, Ellie sort of becomes like a proxy. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, Ellie becomes sort of a proxy daughter for Joel at some And that's that's obvious. I mean, you play mm-hmm. the game, you, you sort of watch their relationship. You know, you can tell even in the trailers, like, yeah, obvious trope is obvious. Mm-hmm. But I would say, like, the way that that game ends, that last sort of, like, sequence level, whatever you want to call it. But I think honestly, that's sort of one of the best like redemptive story arcs because of the way that The Last of Us starts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would probably say that that you know without getting in spoiler territory, but I think like The Last of Us has probably one of the the best redemption arcs. Period. Okay. What about Red Dead Redemption? I'm just kidding. I, I haven't played that game. I just I haven't because it has redemption in the. In I the haven't beaten it, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anyone is redeemed. Does Silent Hill Two count? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, if you play it the right way, you get the right ending. It sort of can be a bit of a redemption story. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does Even start then. off with big fat spoiler killed his wife. So I guess there's only well, it, you only go up yeah. from there, right? kind of at the bottom yeah i mean we already spoiled it when we talked about it so yeah that, I, that I don't know probably... that i could call that game redemptive though it just no i but i honestly right. think like and it's a very imperfect redemption but i think right. like honestly the last of us um, okay or jeepers no i'm thinking like dude god of war Kratos's entire story arc in that is just like it's a redemption story. Okay, so now that I've got this sort of I'm I'm primed. Ooh, that God of War that that God of War reboot remake whatever. Okay, yeah, that one. The most cool. recent one. Holy smokes. That one's really good too. Okay. It's 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 a toss up between the two of those because I think like it's two different takes on a very similar theme in some ways. I'll tell you what, God of War jacked me up pretty bad because like, you know, and I've talked about it before, but that was shortly around the time that the boys left and I was kind of, The Last of Us is so good too. Like either one, both of those, either one of those. Yeah, those, both of them. Cool. I ignore your question to single out once and I give you two. There you go. There you go. Cause I'm not even, I'm not even quite sure. So, uh, but that is, that is a great question, I will say, and I will mull that over a bit longer. Maybe in a future episode, I'll, I'll bring it up because, yeah, that's a good question. All right. Um, up next from Jesse Knopp, two choices. $15,000 is a one-time payment. This is your gaming budget for the rest of your life. Or $1,000 annually as your video game budget for the rest of your life. Which do you choose and why? I've got um, my answer. Jesse, I want $1,000 a year for the rest of my life. Okay. Thank you. Now, give it give it to me. Yeah. Boom. Um, okay, so I'm going to say $15,000 as a one-time payment because I would uh, throw that sucker into an uh, 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 S&P 500 mutual fund, which makes about 7% a year. And then mm. I don't have to spend the full thousand, and at about seven percent, at fifteen thousand, it'd make about a thousand a year. But if I don't spend that full thousand, then compound interest, you're you're making more over time. So yeah, 
Josh is just smarter than I am. <laughs> I just opened up an IRA like two weeks ago. I'm I'm get, get I'm late in the game, but still. So, anyways, if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have had I, a different answer. <laughs> I guess I just look at it and it's like the the thousand bucks a year, nice and it's easy. Like always comes. I wouldn't have to worry like if it's just there and said like this is what you get to spend on video games, no questions asked. I'm like, yep. Yeah, I'll probably do that. Yeah, it it is a much easier. Answer. And I probably wouldn't even touch all of it. Like that's that's the thing. It's like, a lot of money. You probably wouldn't even use all of it most most mm-hmm. years. So is it like a thousand dollars? And if I don't spend it, it goes poof. See, oh, that's yeah, a good like, question. See, because I just assumed that I could continue to grow it. But no, you're right. If it's gone, what if it's like like that fifteen thousand? And it's like that's it. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a tricky question. If it was like yeah, like lockbox like fifteen thousand, I couldn't invest it. Then no, yeah, do the thousand every year the, for sure. The the only thing you could do is spend it yeah. on Vigi. If it was like fifteen thousand dollars eShop credit, <laughs> then <laughs> then I'd shoot myself. I I just die. I don't. Want I died this a little crap. inside just even thinking about. Sorry, um, I'm thinking of all the garbage on the no. eShop. That's what I meant. Like, I I like uh, eShop money. Dude. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there's a lot of garbage on there. Um, and you'd have to. I mean, with fifteen thousand dollars, what else would you do with it? So, uh, Nate, what do you think about Gree Grease colored game? And is it Gree or Grease? It's uh, if it, I think the developer's French, okay. and so you would say Gree. Gree. Um, good Gree. Gree. Good Gree. Um, uh, and I think that's the French word for gray, uh, uh, if I remember correctly. What a colorful term. Um, so what I like about that game is it's it's very accessible, but it is sort of a platformer adventure game, sort of collectathon sort of thing that has very simple mechanics, but does some really fantastic things with design choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way that it incorporates uh, color usage and sound, it's it's just a very visually striking game. And it, it's sort of, there, there's a, a minimalist bend to it where it just sort of like, on in some ways, it is a very simple game. And in its simplicity, it is very elegant. And I'm talking like aesthetically, uh, just like visually, I think even like mechanically, there's just sort of a like like I said, a simplicity and an elegance to it that frankly, I, I think like the story is kind of it's it's okay. It's it's an incredibly enjoyable experience, but at the same time, I didn't find myself sort of getting captured in the narrative. Rather, it was really gorgeous set pieces with some really beautiful uh game design choices or game you know level design choices um it's it's a it's an incredibly interesting game mm-hmm. uh, there are other things that probably exist like it it's just it's a it's a game in sort of like how sometimes simplicity can work in your favor okay i i think there could have been a, a million missteps with that game and i don't i i think it's a very good game i don't think it's like a great game it's probably in very firmly in the should play category for me. Like what I did enjoy about it when I played it was just like, again, I'm just going to come back like to the elegance of, of, of that game where it's just, 
they sort of constantly walk that line where it's 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 just sort of it's very minimalist it's very sort of simple in in all the best sorts of ways and they sort of do just enough to not push it over the edge that 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 demonstrates a lot of restraint and thoughtfulness in the design team and, and just that 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 team's uh approach to making that game period so i think it's like i said it's a very visually striking game but it's just very intentional very well thought of like instead of the sort of almost like neurosis of hollow knight and like the the i have to find every secret path i have to find all the pins i have to find all this stuff it's a very different experience and it's like what if we stripped out all of the the unnecessary stuff and just gave you this core gameplay sort of like loop mechanics you know and I, I honestly, I didn't even like it as much as I think I liked Hollow Knight, but mm. I think in some ways, like it left a bit more of an impression. Oh, on wow. Me. Dang. Like, I just think it's like one of those things, like now that he's asking me the question, I'm like, hmm, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Nice. Dig it. All right. Um, back to Techno Funk Boy who asks, who is your favorite bro chacho? Um, so for me, th- this one's easy. You have the harder pick. Um, but I'm just going to say Nate. No. Because he's my co-host. You. You <laughs> guy. Oh. I was just going to say I love you all equally, but it's not you and by a long shot. <laughs> your brother. Uh, it's your it's, brother. Um, no. I, <laughs> Paul, That that is a silly question. I think like the thing is, and we were sort of even sort of laughing about it, but uh, you know, one of the things I do just really appreciate about each one of our, our patrons, AKA the bro chachos is just, uh, you know, the different flavors that they, they bring to sort of our inner circle. These are some good dudes and I'm glad to call them my friends and I'm glad that they uh, totally. like, like hanging with us. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Henshin Dad asks, what five books outside of the Bible do you think every Christian should read? Oh my goodness, I should have, I should have written up a list. Um, first of all, the Game Boy Player's Guide is a great one. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> five books, though, man. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Henshin Dad has his like locked and loaded. Well, I, I think I can bang out this list. I think everyone should read Pilgrim's Progress. Okay, that that was on my list too. Again, you take it. You take. Well, it. we can, they can overlap. I know, um, I know. I just don't want to seem like I'm writing your coattails. That's no, all. but I think like you know, here's the thing. I really don't like that book all that much, but it is very good. I think it's kind of like <laughs> I think it's like it's one of those things. It's such a heavy analogy, sort of something. It's it's fun. It's there are lots of mm. good things to learn in that book, um, and and mm. I I think you need to have read all about Christian and then Christiana, like you need to read both parts of that. Um, it's it's all mm. very good. Um, I would say it's it's more of an argument for an absolute morality, but C.S. Lewis's The Abolition of Man. Um, okay, it's a very good sort of philosophical treaties that it for for Christians uh should help us to see why the God of the Bible 
is is so important. I I don't know. I think it's a very good book. I, it's just one of those ones that it asks a lot of really great questions. I would say uh, A. W. Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy. Um, it's another okay. one where yeah. I strongly disagree with with where Tozer lands on many many issues, but mm-hmm. I think that book asks some really great questions. And I think in many ways, like Tozer in that book sort of forces us to really reckon with the holiness of God. Yeah. Uh, say RC's, RC's book, RC Sproul's book, The Holiness of God. Okay. Ah, is, that was also on my list. Is, <laughs> is on the list, you know, sort of jumping off of Tozer into like those two books both will help you help have helped me to really grip up and sort of wrestle with what what the holy what god's holiness is and means um i think uh there's you, you know what my i think my last and these are all short like the thing is like i'm i'm picking fairly accessible easy to read stuff because uh okay i think it's good to read other things big things um but there, it's called the Little Golden Book, and it's basically, oh, yeah. I think, like chapter five and six of the Institutes. Yeah. Um, but it's it's on sanctification, and it's uh, there's a version that you can get through Ligonier Ministries, and I think that that I've read through that a few times, and it it is profoundly helpful, and I think there are a lot of modern evangelical authors and pastors who mean well and want to encourage us to pursue piety, but do it in a way that uh, can kind of beat us down. And I think it's very unintentional. But Calvin's, the, the, the translation of Calvin's work there is, it's just very pastoral, very gracious, very kind and encouraging. And, you know, there's a, there's a phrase that I, I sort of still come back to from time to time is that when he's talking about sanctification, he he describes it in sort of like uh, the our sanctifying process is not some like glorious race where we are just making huge strides. We might have seasons of that, he said, but far more often than I think we we want to admit or that we're willing to to deal with, it is us just stumbling along, like barely you know barely keeping to the path. It's like if that. It's just, you know, it's sort of like, think of somebody who's just like, just completely gassed, you know, sort of dragging themselves along and not, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, and, and God's grace covers that. Yeah. And I just, I, I remember that passage and it just, it, it really resonating with me. Yeah. So. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, well, yeah, I, I totally agree. Pilgrim's Progress should be on there and the holiness of God was another one that I threw on there. So that's two. Um, so I'll, I'll do some, some runners up as well. Um, for me, one of the books that like that, that blew my little mind when I, when I read it was desiring God by John Piper. The interesting thing, looking back at that book, I think the first chapter is the most impactful. And then the rest of the book is just impacting or excuse me, is just unpacking what the core message uh, is of that first chapter. And, it's application. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the first chapter is like, this is what this is going to be about. And then here's how you apply it into all these different areas of life. Um, and that just, just that, uh, that paradigm of seeing 
that our fulfillment is in knowing God and being with him. That's where we find our fulfillment is, uh, it was eye opening to me when I first read it. So Desiring God by John Piper. Um, another one, and I haven't read this in years, so I might go back to it and read it and be like, oh no, there's some stuff that that's really problematic with it. Um, but I remember reading it and another just like, oh man, this is, this is pretty heavy is the cost of discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That one, that one hit me hard. That is a good one. I mean, th- those are both very good, but the cost of discipleship is is pretty. Exactly. Um, yes. Exactly. His, his how punch. he talks about uh, uh, what you call it, not free grace, mm-hmm. cheap grace. For my last one, just because I mean, I'm, I'm mm, it, it's difficult, but I think I'm gonna have to give it to Paralandra by C.S. Lewis. Um, there's so many. Lewis Bold books. choice, sir. <laughs> Bold freaking choice. I like Th- it. There's so many Lewis books that I really like. Um, I'm tempted to put Mere Christianity here just because it fits more along with the other books. Um, even if, again, there, there's some things in there I don't 100% agree with, but like just the way that he thinks is I really enjoy. Um, but just being who I am, I had to choose another fiction book. And I think Paralandra, while I, uh, Narnia are absolute classics, I would be hard-pressed to say, here's one Narnia book you should read. No, you should read the entire series of Narnia. Honestly, though, dude, I'm that way with the Space Trilogy, though, too. I think you ought to just read the whole Space Trilogy. I definitely, like, yes, I, I agree, but I think you could still... It's, it, I don't know. I, I, the imagery in Paralandra is so striking. Anyways, that yeah, the, it, runners up. Mere Christianity is a runner up. Uh, Knowing God by J.I. Packer uh, is mm-hmm. also a runner up, and one that I read recently. That as you were talking about, like short little books, Humility by Andrew Murray is fantastic. Yeah, um, Murray's a and beast. Really short, and and it's another gut punch. So there's there's a I, handful of them. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like there's there are a wealth of books out there. Um, I'm sort of digging into the uh, Saint Bernard of Clair- Clairvaux stuff. Yeah, um, that's I would recommend uh, his essay on loving God. Um, okay, that's a bit of a runner up. Uh, that you are what you love by Jamie Smith. Uh-huh. Uh huh. James K. Smith. That that's a. I thought that was a. But that's sort of in the along the lines of desiring God, where like you get sort of like his thesis in like the first four or five chapters, and then the mm-hmm. rest of the book is just him sort of unpacking and applying this over and over again. Um, but I yeah. thought that that was a really that's a really good one. There's there's a t- like that's the the problem is like like I I I will come out and say though I think like. Um, and, and I'm not saying that they're easy reads, but like, honestly, like, and the Puritans had a lot of really good stuff, but I would also say like, there's a lot of really great, uh, stuff from the medievals and the, the patriarchs, like the, 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 the fathers that, uh, we, we probably ought to spend more time reading and, and dissecting. Definitely. Uh, the institutes would be on this list, except that I've never read it all the way through. So mm. I didn't want to be super hypocritical. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it goes on a list of books every Christian should read. Um, yeah. But I haven't read it from like cover to cover. Yeah. So it's probably on a list of books Nate should read. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess it could still be on there. Um, okay. Next up, let's see how many questions we have left. Uh, Micah asks, what are some of your favorite podcasts? Personal favorites. Off the top of my head, uh, I really like The Dividing Line. Uh, you can, I know some people are hot or cold on James White, but that's okay. I really like his stuff. I also, mm-hmm. in terms of gaming, I really like Retro Warriors. They have language, but I, I like how much, how they're both goofballs and they can go pretty in depth with some stuff about old video games that I, I didn't know. And I say old video games, they don't go like before NES. They don't, they don't go into the microcomputer stuff very often. And like everything NES and after my brain understands more <laughs> anything before that. I'm, I'm, I'm not really too sure about a few other recommendations. Retronauts is good. Um, in terms of productivity, I like, uh, focus on this is a good one. Um, Jordan Peterson's podcast is nice every once in a while. Uh, oh, Doctrine and Devotion is fantastic. You should be listening mm. to Doctrine and Devotion because those guys are cool. Um, the Jofo is legit. Yes. Henshin Dad, of course. Mm-hmm. Great one. Then Tokusatsu's. Oh, Lore. If you like fiction, if you like oh, horror. Dude. Lore. lore is is too creepy for my it, taste. Like it is very creepy. That's why mm, I like it. Um, but speaking uh, of that too, that brings to mind. Um, oh my goodness, why can't I think of it? Everything is alive. Everything is alive. Uh, that that one is good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then recently I found uh, Crossway has a podcast, and those are those are pretty good as well. Uh, anyways, th- so that's a nice little chunk, nice handful. Um, I don't keep up with all of my podcasts, but those are some of my favorites. Yeah, uh, I'm just sort of looking through, well, I mean, some of the obvious ones. I like The Mortification of Spin. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that I like Renewing Your Mind. Yes. Uh, the Reformed Forum podcasts, I listen to the, their main feed. And, okay. Uh, so um, I really like Sacred, as far as video game podcasts go, I really mm-hmm. like Sacred Symbols and Sacred Symbols Plus um, from nice. Colin... Colin's last stand stuff. Uh, I enjoy uh, the retro zoo. Yes, from, duh. Oh yeah, dummy. Yeah, we can t- we can tell who's not your favorite Bertrato. <laughs> um, uh, I do I do like the the zoo. The zoo it gets played uh, you know fairly frequently. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not really great at keeping up at a whole lot of podcasts either. Like there's stuff I like, like um. The way I heard it with Mike Rowe is really good. It's okay. like sort of short form audio essays where he just they're, they're I I like those a, a good bit. Um, I have been enjoying uh, the Game Maker's Notebook from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Micah turned me on to that, uh, so I do like that. Um, Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, hmm. which is a design podcast. Um, That's right. Uh, it's 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 pretty 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 good. Nice. Um, 
I do like you know I do like a lot of, like the NPR stuff like Radio Lab and This American Life, but I tend to be pretty infrequent as far as listening to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as far as like news goes, um, I do I listen to two news podcasts. Okay, uh, the, you know the briefing with Al Mohler and then the Philip DeFranco show, which is okay, like kind of almost two opposite ends of the spectrum. But okay. I mean, the ones that I listen to super frequently, like, um, I listen to ours. I listen mm-hmm. to our, like, <laughs> after we release, I, I usually listen to it. But I almost always am sort of pretty close to being caught up on sacred symbols. Uh, not so much renewing your mind, even though I do. Uh, but I'm almost always caught up on, like, this American life. Okay. Um, But, like... This American Life is like a weekly podcast. So yeah. I I have I do enjoy um the Country Squire Radio as well. Yes. Uh, but that's that's a little more like just that's if you want to listen to do, to two dudes uh wax eloquent on pipes and pipe tobacco. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you know our our boy the Henshin Dad uh, mm-hmm. I I, listen, I check that out. So there's a bunch of stuff that like I mean I'm I'm pretty hit or miss with like the gut check podcast and the happy rant. Yeah. Um, like I'll I'll dip in for a little bit and then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm out. One of my favorite podcasts, and it was sort of like it was it was it started out as a longer series and then it just never went anywhere, but it was called A Life Well Wasted. Okay. Um I really like that show. But oh, I do you know what? Which one oh, like pretty like it's it's Paul's other podcast uh the D real play the dyson oh yeah, yeah. Dreary. dyson jury mm-hmm. i yeah. listen to that like that's uh, that gets listened to like almost as soon as there's a new one i'm usually listening to it there's a podcast a friend of mine and his wife did called so talk to me but they haven't done an episode in a while <laughs> i think she got like i think she got like pregnant and like life got like kind of busy mm-hmm. that's cool kind of kind of can't wait for them can't wait for them what to a- come back I'm just what saying. a bunch of losers. I mean, dude, it's like some of the, like you know, I like uh the TRG podcast. That's that's good stuff. But yes. I mean there's the White Horse in. So there's all sorts of there's all sorts of really good stuff in there. But I'm I'm only I'm only super consistent with like a handful. Right. Exactly. Especially when I'm listening to a book or something like that. Like if, mm-hmm. if there's something else going on, it's hard to Hard to keep up with all of them because they're all good and you have to you have to choose. You just have to choose. Okay, uh, next question from Trash Turkey. What is your most beloved game still on your backlog? Mm. Man, oh man. I feel like there's so many. Um, there's a reason why we're doing Bioshock in October. Started mm. it so many flipping times. Um... <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Spec Ops, the Spec Ops, the line, Spec Ops, yeah, Spec Ops, the line. Earlier, um, that's one. I I still haven't finished Doom twenty sixteen. That one was really good. Uh, I, there are like tons. Why are they not popping into my head immediately? You know what? There's one game in particular. I was sort of like looking through my shelves and want to play. If I just said there's like one game that I own and have yet to beat but really just want to 
it would be Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask on 3DS. Okay. Like uh, the the story is, I owned it on N sixty four, lent the 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 N sixty four and my copy to my buddy Craig, and he started a file, and then his brother John wanted to play, and John deleted my file, and I Ooh. was like one mask away from completion on that game. Dang! And so I was a little sad. I was a sad panda, but I would like to. I'd also like to get back to uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there, there could be like a bunch of stuff that I'd pull out, but I'd say like if somebody was like, I have to pick one, I, I honestly think it would be the the Majora's Mask on 3ds. Nice. I, I really, I really want to get back around to that. I just, I haven't yet. Yeah. Now that I have a ton of uh, PS4 games that I haven't played, uh, one that's really, that, that's looking really good is Near Automata. I really want to play that one. Uh, Neo, I've heard really good things about, so I definitely want to play that one. It is excellent. Uh, I mean, there's there's a there's a handful of SMT games that I haven't played. The Digital Devil Saga series, I haven't played those, and Ooh. I own them. Uh, and what? Oh, the second game. So you know, I I I talked about how much I really liked the 3DS game. Oh, it was originally a DS game. The um, Devil Summoner. Uh, no, not Devil Summoner. Excuse me. That's a completely different game. Um, the Devil Survivor series yeah. on, on DS. I have the second one, and I have not played it. I really, really enjoyed the first one. Um, so I want to get around to the second one eventually. Um, just as I'm looking over my list, Chroma Squad jumps out to me. I want to play that one because it's like a uh, tactical RPG, tokusatsu, fun stuff. So... Yeah, there, there's a ton. I just picked up 3D Dot Game Heroes, and that's been on my list for a while of like games that I really wanted. So, man, oh man, there, there's so many. I, my backlog is stupid. I need to, I need to quit talking and just go play some video games. <laughs> Dang it, Persona Five! You took all my video game time. But all right, so uh, next question from Jesse Knopp. One has to be wiped out of existence for all eternity. Cigars beer or meat which do you choose and why beer oh because i can still drink i can still drink whiskey mm-hmm. and be happy yep um i can smoke cigars and uh yeah i'm not gonna give up meat that's silly uh, i completely agree about meat i would flip it i would go cigars because i can still smoke my pipe and drink my beers and whiskey yeah, but cigars are better than pipes. Uh, to each their own. <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, bro. Yeah, but I, but beers, but beers better than cigars. So, if I had to choose, if I had to choose, beer all day, False. all day, everywhere. I don't, I don't smell like beer after I drink a beer. All day later, it doesn't. I might smell it. That's why they're inferior. You can smell like you smell like fine cigars and rich Corinthian leather. (laughs) Maybe I'm not smoking the right cigars then. Um, Okay, final two questions. Uh, Techno Funk Boy asks, "Which is the best bear?" I've I've got my answer, but I want you to answer first. 
gummy bears. Oh, that was my answer. Dang it. Oh, you read my mind. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, the obvious answer is gummy bears. They're so good. The, the cartoon and the snack. Best bear. Oh, I didn't even think about the cartoon. I was just thinking, dude, give me a bag of gummy bears. I will munch that all day. Straight up. Okay, final question. All day, son. All day. <laughs> final question. This one's stirring the pot here. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, Westminster Confession of Faith versus the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. Did the Baptists perfect the Westminster or did they plagiarize historically? They stole a superior confession and then they ruined it. <laughs> with sections about bad polity and bad baptism baptismal practices. I agree that they stole it, but I also agree with Jesse that they perfected it. Boom. We got it. That's all right. You we guys are allowed to be wrong. You asked us all the questions and we answered them. Wasn't that fun? That was fun. You should we, ask uh, more questions. We uh, will have to... I guess do a little soundbite or whatever. Well, we have time, uh, but we'll have to do a drawing. Or, you know, maybe we yes. could do, one of us can do. Remember when we tried to do the Facebook Live video thing and it just went awful? Yeah, didn't work. Didn't it was happen. terrible. Don't know what happened, but. It was terrible. Facebook doesn't like two different people. Maybe if we record a Zoom call, that could work. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could we could do something along those lines. Dun dun yes. dun. But yeah, we'll just need to choose our three winners. Uh we didn't have that many different people entering, so you've got a pretty darn good choice of winning. Yeah. But by the time this is released, you probably already know or maybe I don't I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll figure out when you'll know. If you know, you know. You'll know when you know. There you, you go. know, exactly. That's pretty cool. Uh, but thank you for joining us here, asking us questions, uh, being a part of the backlog breakdown. Uh, we've got a couple of other things coming up this year. Well, actually, the only thing that I can think of is, as I've mentioned multiple times, Bioshocktober back in October. Um, mm -hmm. Over the summer, we're going to be working through our drafted games. If you want to start a new draft, let us know. But we're we since we drafted some games, you know, last month or so, uh, we've got those to work on through. Th those will be our summer games, and then come October, there's Bioshock. Um, but if you have any questions for us, if you you know the, you didn't get your t questions in in time, there are tons of ways you can reach out to us. You can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail dot com. Uh, you can just ask us a question straight up in our Facebook group, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. That's on Facebook, or you can search for Backlog Breakdown on Facebook. It has a page there as well. Uh, tweet at us. Our handle is at bbdowncast. Or you can jump in on our Discord server, but in order to get in there, uh, just DM us some way, somehow contact us. You can even contact us personally through, I don't know, PSN, GG, Switch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I don't know, wherever you want to. I generally go by Broccolope. That's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. There you go. That's us on the interwebs. Uh, if you want to support what we do, 
having fun talking about answering your questions. Um, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and reviewed it on iTunes or, excuse me, Apple Podcasts. Um, hopefully you're subscribed if you like what we're doing. You subscribe and get some more um, and share it with your friends. Do it! Let other people know. Have a good time together. Um, if you do want to support us financially, we do also have a Patreon. Just think of it as like a little tip jar if you want to throw in a dollar or two. Um, we've got some perks there as well. All of our bro hangs, which is our pre-show talking about whatever the heck we want to. Um, sometimes it's video games, sometimes it's not. You can join our, you can become a patron over on Patreon. We call them our bro chachos because we're all dudes right now. Uh, and uh, you can get some cool stuff there at exclusive Discord channel, Patreon, all that fun stuff. We've got yeah. some stuff there if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All righty. Well, I think this has been a pretty good time answering questions. Yeah. Making us think, talking a little bit about video games, talking about not video games, talking about books, talking about podcasts, talking about all kinds of stuff. But I think I'm just about all talked out for the evening. Me too. I'm, I'm getting, in, in the words of the French, la tired. <laughs> la tired. Okay. Well, till next time, lovely listeners, you guys keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. And the final word goes to Jonah Spark. Nanomachines, son. Son. Son.